Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. I want to start with just a couple of quick emails from a couple of frustrated listeners. Just to kind of give an example of uh, something that is you're going to see more of. And, Mark, you have a story about 15% unemployment. That's going to tie in here, too. It's kind of just a, a look at how people are responding to this economic situation that, they are, that they've been put in. We know, of course, that this was created by the Federal Reserve, which is a semi-private bank, basically. That People tell you it was capitalism, but uh, how could it possibly be capitalism when the government controls the flow of money? I mean, they're yeah. at the very base of the monetary system. The fact is they were controlling interest rates and um, you know, th- thus making the housing bubble go. And if it hadn't have been for them controlling interest rates with the flow of money, the housing bubble wouldn't have gone boop. So there was all, all wouldn't be poor. malinvestments, and now the market's trying to correct itself. But, of course, the government is stepping in with more trillions of dollars they're pumping into uh, the economy, which, of course, will do nothing but inflate the money supply <clears throat> and continue to uh, create more bubbles, you know, more problems, basically, more uh, economic disaster because of the meddling in the free marketplace. And so we know all of this. You know, we've been talking about this consistently throughout the last few years. And so here's a couple emails from some listeners of ours as to how they're responding to this, because we know what the governments are doing. A business is doing what it needs to do, right? Some of them are going out of business because they just made a bad choice and got in at the wrong time. They uh, were misreading the, the, the messed up market signals and... They made mistakes, right? Businesses make mistakes that go out of business unless you're GM. I'm not 100% sure if uh, if I'd call them mistakes, but they trusted the government where they shouldn't have. Maybe or, that, I guess you can call that a mistake. Or the Bank of America. The, you the, know. the monetary system, I guess. So business is doing what it needs to do. It's closing down. It's cutting costs. It's, uh, it's reinvesting. Whatever they need to do to, to stay alive. Government is doing what it needs to do to stay alive, too, which is nothing. Uh, it's, I mean, virtually nothing. They, uh, they're not cutting costs. When I say they don't nothing, have to respond to the marketplace at all. Right. They're not doing anything to, uh, to reduce their use of funds. They're not doing much of anything. They are, however, ensuring that the same amount of funds that they were having is still coming in. And that's very important to the government people. Whereas business owners, if people, if people just aren't coming through their doors, they can run some advertisements. They can uh, spread some word of mouth. They can... You know, cut costs. They can do what they need to do to make sure their doors stay open, but they can't force you to pay for their business. Whereas that's what the government does. It, Much as they'd like it. To. Right. It forces you to continue funding it at its same level it's always been at, or more. I mean, we've seen the stories of New York State coming up with all kinds of new taxes on a variety of different things. The federal government just put in this new cigarette tax. And I did get an email recently from someone who works at a grocery store just outlining how dramatic. The increases have been pretty much doubling of uh, loose tobacco costs, doubling of cigar <coughs> packs of cigars costs. Yeah, I went and did some research on uh, on it when we had, uh, the day after we talked about it, and I found that they hadn't changed. But the place where I get my cigars had just changed hands on um, April the first, and likely. You know, they're they, not in the loop. Yeah, they were just weren't in the loop. So I bought a whole bunch of cigars. So we know that the government people around the country at uh, state and local levels are doing everything they can to put new taxes on things, to raise taxes so they can keep 
bring in the money in. But inevitably, there has to be, you know, for every uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the laws of thermodynamics. Well, inevitably, there has to be a reaction to this. Inevitably, something will change elsewhere in the world because of what these government people are doing. Here's an email from Jan. He says, California's new sales tax, new, new sales tax, oh, good. is 9.25%. Most hardware goods I buy off Amazon to avoid taxes, which is a great idea. You can do that at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Maybe FreeTalkLive will be one of these uh, beneficiaries from this down economy as more people start doing their shopping online instead of at the uh, the local store so they can avoid the tax sales taxes. He says, but today I shopped for some furniture for the office, so it was one of those things I had to purchase at a local store. I spent a little more than $1,000, and my sales tax was over $100. Crazy. That is insanity, says Jan. Are the sales taxes in most other states as high as California? Also, do you have... The answer to that is no. <laughs> I don't know. There's got, there might be some, maybe one state out there, right? Maybe Illinois or something like that. I don't know. I'm speculating. I would, I would guess California is the top sales tax state. If it's but- not, it's close. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to find that out, uh, to Google that, but they're definitely up there. He says, also, do you have any recommendations around paying the sales tax? Well, as far as getting around it is concerned... eBay uh, has furniture. I've seen it. Amazon.freetalklive.com has furniture as well. I mean, it's possible you could go to the office supply store and eyeball some of the brands that you like, then go on Amazon.freetalklive.com and see if the same product exists there. So that's one option. Uh, but as far as getting around paying sales tax, also had another email recently from somebody uh, who was pointing out that some of the the uh, the penalties for the stores with the, without uh, the, if they don't charge the sales tax, like let's say a store decided they didn't want to participate in collecting this brand new insane sales tax, well they would be fined for you know five percent of the revenues that didn't. Uh, that they didn't report, mm-hmm. and, you know, after that, it's another 5% interest on top of that. So basically, you know, if they don't pay, the government's going to come in and shut them down. Right. So expecting your business friends to help you out in this case probably isn't going to work. So you're going to have to do something to get around these sales taxes. And, of course, shopping online is going to be the number one way to do that. Amazon.freetalklive.com, eBay, all kinds of th- uh, options for you. And, of course, if you need computer parts, newegg.freetalklive.com will result in a percentage of the, the purchase going to the CD Evolution Fund. Amazon.freetalklive.com results in a percentage of the purchase going to Free Talk Live. Whereas when you buy at the local store, a percentage of your purchase goes to your local friendly gang. So it seems like a no-brainer as far as uh, how to get around the sales tax. But that's not the only email that I wanted to share. It was just one example of somebody who's feeling a bit of frustration at a a brand new tax being enacted upon them. Spence emails, and he says that uh, he's written a letter in the state of Michigan, written a letter to the governor, Governor Granholm, and this is what it says. Just so you know, Governor Granholm doesn't care. But okay, yeah. I'm just reading this to let you know write, how write upset letters, people I'm, are. People I'm, are upset. I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't write letters. I'm just saying Governor Granholm doesn't care. I own a dear Governor so and so. I own a growing business in Michigan that employs seven people. After processing this year's taxes, it has occurred to me that your policies, specifically the MBT, I had to look that up. It's the Michigan Business Tax, and Michigan Works have turned Michigan into a hellish place to do business. Since I am part of a typically silent supermajority, let me be clear. Generally speaking, we don't want to deal with you in any way. We don't want your assistance, programs, grants, advice, paperwork, bureaucrats, permission, certification, taxes, etc. We simply want you to go away so we can live and trade as free people. He's pretty mad. 
Since that isn't likely, oops, just hit the forward button. Since that isn't likely to happen, we will play by the irrational rules you force upon us: angling for grants, tax breaks, and other benefits. But we would rather that it all went away. More specifically, the MBT, the Michigan Business Tax, is going to force me to lay off my first employee. And I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to great lengths to show her how your policies led directly to this decision. And I guarantee you, she'll remember. It has also led me to start shopping for another state to base my business. You can only rape a sleeping person for so long before they wake up and realize they are being raped. The MBT was my wake-up call. Spencer. Wow. So he's pretty a, darn mad. He's a local business owner who is considering taking his business out of the state of Michigan and moving it elsewhere. Now, I don't know Spencer too well, but I imagine he's considering New Hampshire as a uh, as a possible answer. Uh, the Free State Project, of course, we talked about that a lot last night, moving liberty-oriented people all to the same place. But these are just two examples of people who are upset enough about what's happening in their state with these new taxes that they're implementing on people. Two examples of people who are upset enough that they decided to write us about it and share how they were feeling. And this is one uh, one outlet for people to go in when they are being feeling oppressed by the state. Now, there's another direction people can go as well, and that, of course, is violence, which has also been happening with, I'm sure, maybe some of you heard about the story where some guy shot three police officers over this weekend. Ugh. He was pretty frustrated about what the government's doing as well. 800-259-9231. So as the state continues to increase its control over people's lives, inevitably more people are going to get fed up, and they're going to do something about it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. You take it. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in via the toll-free number. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features free. Those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their website, we give ours away. Freetalklive.com. And those features include the archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. You need collections to be done with respect. You want to talk to our friends over at SACL CAI because they will get that done. Plus, early out billing and something else I don't remember because I don't have my copy in front of me. They purchased charged off receivables. That's right. I still don't know what those are. Well, uh, what, what it is is if you have accounts receivable sitting on your, um, you know, sitting on your books, somebody hasn't paid you in uh, six months, they'll buy that account and they'll collect it Damn. and then they'll keep the money. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know. Learn more about SACL works via their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. We'll talk about some more of these consequences, uh, unintended consequences, I'm sure, of governments around the country raising their uh, tyranny in response to the lowered economic situation and raising taxes and regulations. We'll get to that. Uh, but your calls first. Then we'll go to Matthew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Mark and Ian. Um, hey, next year, too. Oh, hi, Nick. Uh, hey. first, first, let me say I'm from California, and I can attest to those uh, fees that are being raised. I don't make much money. and uh, Unfortunately, I'm a college student, and that's what, my, what I actually called about. But I don't make much money, and I had to buy a car to get back and forth to school because my last car broke down. Well, I could have afforded a much nicer car except for the taxes and the fees mm. that I had to pay in the DMV were so exorbitant. I had to get another piece of junk that's... <laughs> 
not as safe, and not as nice while these bureaucrats are pulling me over in these brand new, nice cars. And I'm like, I paid for that, and I can't drive that. It, just, it frustrates me, too. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget that the regulations go into that, too. Um, the, in, t- California has the highest regulations on cars and, you know, their, their exhaust and how the, apparently soon what color they're painted. And all these regulations essentially add to the cost of a vehicle. And essentially what all these government mandates mean is that poorer people can't drive new, you know, safe, nice automobiles. And right. essentially that's, that's that means the government wants to kill poor people. You know, and that's me. I'm not exactly rich. I'm a college student. Yep. Matter of fact, I'm the college student who uh, did that paper on YouTube. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. interview a few weeks ago. How'd that turn and, out? Um, I, got a, I got an A. Thank Great. you very much. Um, and I'm calling because now um, I have to become someone's slave, and I want what? to be someone's slave who doesn't believe in the institution, which I know is YouTube. Three, actually. How, how, um, how does this to, work? What is this? Give me more detail on to, this. I have to do an internship to graduate. Okay. And they've worked it out. The businesses around the school have worked it out. So basically, they've given donations in the past years. And in turn, the school has made it a requirement to do internships, which basically means companies get free labor uh, at a very low rate, just a few donations every few years, and they get a building named after them, and they get have to do internships. But I wanted to do one with you guys. That way... It's not really uh, slavery. I, I mean, I've been an intern in the past, and it's, it's investing. completely consensual, so... <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I understand, I understand. You're right. I'm being yes. a little facetious, but it's not really slavery. But If you're going to give your labor away, you might as well give it to Free Talk Live is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Uh, you know, I'll promote, promote you guys, do whatever I can for the amount of time. I just need your guys is okay. And you just sign a piece of paper, but I can sign it for you if you want. If you Give me a tool. <laughs> we can fax it. <laughs> We can fax it. We have fax machines here. In the I don't know if I've okay. got anything for you to do. Uh, I'll make so. some stuff up. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. There okay. you go. You can be Mark's intern. Yep. I'll, uh, Congratulations. Hey, Mark at freetalklive.com. Send it to me. Uh, give me your telephone number. I got it. Now you're going to have a whole bunch of people saying, Mark, I want to be your intern too. Yeah. I'll send them around. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Anything else on well, your mind, you, Matthew? Uh, no. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll email you soon. Thank you, okay, Mark. Thank Thanks. you, dude. Good luck with your project. 800 259 9231. Either of you ever been an intern? I have not. Um, no. Did jail, jail didn't work. count? What's that? Jail doesn't count as interns. I, I don't, I, they didn't call <laughs> us interns. I don't think that's an internship. <laughs> you were interned. <laughs> I was interred. <laughs> oh, interred. Okay, and speaking of uh, mistakes I've made already tonight, I am being told that to every action there's an equal and opposite reaction is actually Newton's, Newton's third, third law of motion. Did you know that? Physics. You didn't correct me? It's, yeah, well, Shame I mean, on you. thermodynamics works kind of the same way, <laughs> but... <laughs> Shows how close I paid attention in government science class. At least I retained the I don't information. Think we ever, I, I don't remember ever having been quizzed on, on that. And I think that that seems like in something. In science class? Yes. I got I learned Newton's laws outside of mm. government school. Yeah. But. I mean, so, so you didn't learn them either? Uh, I mean, can you believe no, the kids not in are science not being class, taught this no. <laughs> Sounds vaguely like something they would have taught in basic physics. but It does sound like it. I did not take physics, so I don't. You know. so we continue with your phone calls to an unscreened call on the amp line. Hello there. Hey guys, this is Puke. Puke. Hey man, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to call in about the, you know, the, there's been a lot of recent uh, gun shootings that you guys mentioned, where there's been sort of like a mass shootings. Okay. And um, you know, I just find it interesting that uh, I've been talking to some people in the chat room, and they they say that a, a lot of shootings happen in like April time frame, 
And, really? uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting coincidence that we have a, a president that's agitating for, you know, more uh, attenuation of your rights when involved with self-protection, i.e. taking away guns. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you know, it's the uh, the theft season where uh, the 15th of April is uh, all hail theft day. Yes. So the government's going to take all your money. And, you know, you know it, it just seems like, uh, like to me, I, I can't help but wonder if, you know, how many other sort of false flag operations has the government done before? You know, could it be possible that some, you know, somebody sort of pushing people over the edge on purpose? Well, I don't know about even if, it, even if it's uh, on purpose. I, you know, I, I, I think you're, we're waxing a little conspiratorial here, and it's difficult yeah, to it's prove very, that. Yeah, very, very kind of conspiratorial. <laughs> but it's all you have to say is that they're being pushed over the edge. Um, and, you know, whether – I mean, obviously the people in the government want more money. It makes perfectly good sense they'd raise taxes and every opportunity they could. And even in a down economy, they could really care less. And that these people who – have the pressure put on this additional pressure there's always going to be somebody right on the fringe right on the edge ready to go and then that additional pressure pushes them over yeah so i just i don't know it's very interesting how it sort of coincides with everything but uh yeah i mean it's it's just uh, people are pushed so far by bullies until they snap and then everyone you know people like the brady institution or whatever the heck they're called are just you know, they think that, oh, if we just pass more laws, yeah. and they call them, of course, what are they, like, acceptable laws or some crap like that. Common sense gun it's control. Just, it's usually what yeah, they say. They it's just, common sense. <laughs> yeah, they just don't understand that, you know, the the more um, unprotected that you make people, the more that the loonies are going to figure out where to go to kill people. I was reading uh, Boston Tea Party's Gun Bible, and he has a great article that's a letter to one of the Columbine students that he wrote. And, you know, he mentions that, like, whenever they pass the, uh, the, the what is it, uh, gun-free school zones, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, where did all the shootings happen? In the mm-hmm. school zones, because yeah. that's where the lunatics knew where to go, where they would be essentially, you know, given a, a free reign to shoot fish in a bucket. Yep. You know, um, I, I think it was interesting. My next-door neighbor's uh, in his 70s, and he was telling me how he used to bring his uh, rifle to school, to, you know, because on the way to school he had, the good old had, days. had to have the opportunity to shoot food. I mean, if he's going to walk several miles to school, which obviously right. he would, um, you know, he's going to take his rifle with him so he can shoot yeah, food. and a squirrel or something. I can't imagine what he yeah, does with I, a dead animal at school. But, you know, hey, I didn't ask that part. Yeah. Yeah. But he brought his gu- gun remember, to school, no problem. Who remembers gun rack? Gun rack. Who yeah, has a gun rack in the truck anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Pete, for the call tonight. Good thoughts. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The killing story is on the way. One of the other ways that people are going to vent their inevitable building frustration at the increase in taxes and controls on their lives. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com features including the bulletin board system, the live streams, Shrine of Female listeners, all free at freetalklive.com. As we continue here talking about some of the unintended consequences 
of government to continuously increasing its control over people's lives. It, it, inevitably, as government grows and becomes more intrusive and more expensive, it'll become more and more likely that the mostly ignorant American public will take notice of how it is that they are definitely not a free people. A lot of people kind of know this, I think, inherently, but like to tell themselves a story about how it is they live in the best place in the world, and I, that yeah, may be I, true. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that particular point. However, um, you know, to say that this is, a I'd free say it's country, becoming more arguable, though. Yeah, it, <laughs> and it's going to. Right. So I just spoke to a, a gentleman today who I would uh, call a pretty pretty moderate dude, mm-hmm. and uh, he said that America by the by the end of this uh, century is going to be a third world country. He says he won't be alive by then, but, yeah. you know, and that's just a prediction from some guy, but this is not some guy who's some kind of fringe nut. He's just your average dude. Yep. As a matter of fact, a former city council person. So, uh, so as controls increase, people will become more aware of just how enslaved they truly are. And, of course, we pointed out uh, many times, and we'll continue on this show, that when you have uh, to give over, to hand over a percentage of your income to somebody else... And you don't somebody have a, didn't earn it. Right. You don't have a pre-existing agreement with that somebody. They own you. I mean, you're their slave. If you have to jump through a bunch of hoops that that somebody uh, demands that you jump through or else, you're their slave. And so people are going to come to this understanding and they're going to do something about it. Now, what are they going to do? Well, we're already starting to see what it is. Uh, there are people that are going to pull out of the places they live in frustration, as that business owner was we were talking about earlier. He's getting sick and tired of the Michigan taxes on his business, and he's now hunting for another place to locate his business. Luckily, we do still have that freedom, and of course, that's the one that everybody touts about America. Well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Well, you can leave to go to somewhere else where well, someone else is going to take maybe a little bit less of I your I could income. argue that point, by the way. Um, if... If you're a, a slave um, and you have to follow, you know, and it, it, it you know, um, if you're a slave and you have to follow some kind of rules in order to leave, it doesn't seem to me like you are free. You no, have you're to not do, free. You have to do something in order to, to, to be, you know, to walk away. You don't have the freedom to leave. If you have to pay a tax, an exit tax, and whether most Americans pay it when they leave or not. I'm, I'm talking about going you, from state to state. Uh, understood, state to state. But if, uh, you know, they, they say that you have the freedom to leave in America. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's the, not true. It's not. It's not true. You have to pay an exit tax. So, but, but you do have a relative freedom to go from one geographical state designation to another geographical state designation without having to do too much uh, bureaucratic paperwork. Nonetheless, they are going to demand that you know you get a, a new driver's license and make. They're going to still make demands of you. So again, you're just moving from one master to a more uh, a kinder, gentler master, right? That's what people are looking at, and that's fine because it does keep the masters in some level of check. But it, over time, doesn't end up working out. Over time, governments at all levels in all states continue to, to increase and continue to become more oppressive. So we're going to see more people doing what uh, Spencer was doing earlier, looking to move businesses. We're going to see people getting frustrated on an individual basis of just having to pay too much income tax or too many property taxes. And they're going to pick up and they're going to move somewhere else. So on the th- uh, third third point, though, that you are going to see more people um, engaging in violence. It was about a year ago, I'd say, that we read the story about a man that went into a city council meeting and just started blasting, just opened up, opened fire on these people. And as bad as these folks are, I don't think that people who are concerned with what they're doing should lower themselves to their level. I don't think we should lower ourselves to our to their level of stealing and violence against our neighbor. But that's what's going to happen. It's I can sit here and say, we shouldn't 
people shouldn't do this. But people are going to do this. Right. If we are preachers in the Church of Liberty, we say don't go out and commit violence. However, um, you know, I can also tell you that as long as government continues to restrict people's freedoms, some people are going to say enough is enough. Where's my AK-47? And, yep. the, you know, they're, they're going to say, my life, you know, my life isn't good enough without this particular freedom, and I'm going to take out some of these people who are infringing upon it. I think this guy actually did have an AK. A uh, man opened fire on officers during a domestic disturbance call this weekend, killing three. Friends said 23-year-old Richard Poplowski feared the Obama administration was poised to ban guns. And I'd say his well, fears are legitimate. Um, I heard that uh, that his concern was that the uh, that the authorities were going to take his guns, which is you know essentially saying the same thing. However, the funny thing is, is he created that for himself. The authorities did take his guns. He, didn't he get? In, oh, he got arrested. Yeah, he's alive. Oh, wow, he's alive. Okay, police. It ain't it ain't good. I can assure you of that. <laughs> uh, police plan to release more details. Blah blah blah. Witness reported hearing hundreds of shots. And I saw some of the pictures from this particular scene of the crime, and they brought out a whole lot of cops in this case. Oh, yes. And that's what happens, right? That's When you kill one of them, they bring out ten times the forces to go after you. This guy's lucky he didn't end up with a bullet to the head, two to the, two to the chest. I, I don't know that I even consider that lucky, really. I mean, you know, his, his life is going to be a living hell. From now yeah, on. he might have preferred to have just gone there. It, it, it really would have been better. It really depends on what you believe about death. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh my god! Right. So, just I don't want to get into all the details here, but this guy was very upset. Uh, he believes that the the police state is on the rise, and he believed that uh, you know they're going to take his gun someday. So he snapped and cracked and started killing people. He started killing cops. And that's what you're going to see more of. You're going to see more of that. You're going to see more of uh, this kind of occurrence. And, of course, they're going to make him out to look like a crazy wackaloon. Maybe uh-huh. he is. I don't know. I don't well, know the I mean, guy. I haven't, I haven't done too much digging into the case. But, the, but even if it was a legitimate self-defense, even if those cops were coming in there and nothing was really going on and, uh, and something, something happened to where he was just defending himself – it's not going to matter. They're going to make him look like a crazy loon for killing the police. So that's another reason. Uh, it's another reason to not engage in violence just from the PR aspect. Number one, you're lowering yourself to their level and you're, you know, you, you're losing any claim of, of superior morals to these people. And number two, the media is just going to do a hatchet job on you. So there's no way you can come out the glowing hero. Right. The from media a is pretty clear on who the who the good guys are. Right. You could consider yourself heroic in your own mind as you uh, dial in a hail of uh, die in a hail of gunfire, but you don't get to control the news headlines that were written afterwards. So I'm just putting this out there, right, as a few examples, and maybe you can share with us. How frustrated you are. Maybe you can share with us some of the things that are going on in your area. And it doesn't have to be in the United States. You can, we've got an international audience. I'm sure that uh, this is an economic situation that's touching home in a lot of places. Uh, maybe the governments where you are increasing taxes and things like that. What are some of the changes that you've seen that are really frustrating to you? And have you felt the urge to get violent about it? How have you handled that? Because it's easy to feel. I think people look at a case like this and they say to themselves about this guy, well, he's unusual. He's unusual. And yes, he is unusual in that he acted out on his fantasies. But how many of us can honestly say we haven't considered such things? 
when being frustrated at government for whatever reason. Maybe they threw a friend of ours in jail. Maybe they threw you in jail. Maybe they maybe they uh, dramas- uh, drastically increased the taxes on your business to the point where you couldn't do business anymore. Or as a last emailer said, had to start firing people. And who hasn't felt angry enough to if I felt get that violent? way, I wouldn't express it on the radio. I can tell you that. You, you what? You, you're too afraid to express how you felt yeah. in the past. Yeah, I would. I've, is that a crime? I felt that feel? way. There okay, go. thank goodness. I <laughs> felt that way too, and I've I've reminded myself. I have myself. a suspicion about Mark, but I won't say anything yeah. that he said. Well, he's. You know, <laughs> I don't know why he's being cowardly about this, but that's fine. I understand they're a scary gang, and people are worried they might hurt hurt them. But yeah, what did you do? What did you say to yourself? How did you move on beyond that? Well, in my mind, it's not really a good way to affect change by right. killing people. It's at some point, I think, a better way. To go than, say, being killed by government in a camp or something like that. But basically your options are get violent and you're going to be dead or don't get violent and ride it out for a while anyway. There's all that kinds seems of like places. a better option to me. There's all kinds of places you can get freedom. Sailboats, uh, di- different countries, things like that. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. You just have to be present enough to uh, remember that that is not a solution and focus more on peaceful solutions. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Go to freetalklive.com and find the Adult Friend Finder banner. It's the world's largest adult social networking website. And Sex Personals. Over 19 million members. Let them help you find that sexy someone to hook up with tonight. Adult, Adult Friend Finder. See their banner at freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Let's talk to Chris in Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, thank you, gentlemen. Um, you're absolutely you're absolutely right about the income taxes. We're, this state is one of the worst, and we have uh, many sectors of eastern Kentucky that are in poverty. I wonder, you know, and then they keep raising taxes, mm-hmm. raising taxes, and it gets bigger and more expensive. And uh, you're absolutely right because that's why people get fed up because they're losing their homes, they're losing their jobs, and they're. It's just I know what you mean by that because I was a state worker in Kentucky. I worked in the public school systems, and I got frustrated and left. And that day, I told them why, because you are supposed to be a public servant, not a mind tyrannical. So I told my supervisor that. Mm. And it's just because that is what we're I know what you mean, because I've been in there. And all I wanted to do was be a servant to the people. And that's why I got out of the state government, because it needs to be cleaned up. This is our country, folks. This is our country. How do you propose that uh, actually happen? I mean, I see where you're coming from. It should be cleaned up, but people have been saying that for a long time, and we've seen what the results have been. Absolutely, and that's what I wanted to get to because a lot of people just keep listening to, the, like you said, the left and right radio or the corporations like Clear Channel that all they all know the solutions. You've got to get away from that. You've got to get out and get active. Get into your county... Go to meetings with county commissioners. Get your, uh, people together. I've been doing that. And people around here, this area, I've told them about GCN. They never heard of it. 
and you know they're frustrated as the things that you all talk about and that's what you need to do you've got to get a community effort together and i get some people that say well i don't know i don't think we ought to do that but wait a minute why? You, you know fear is control my yes. friend i tell these people that that's why they don't want to do it right they're they're scared of what the consequences might be yeah exactly and the, the know, question and it, is when do you want it right the question is when and how do you want the conflict because uh it seems to me like if you just do nothing and wait around then the government's going to become more intrusive and more invasive and more difficult uh, to put a stop to this. It's going to be that is going to be an even more insurmountable task. And I don't even like to use the term conflict. I, I think we can end this without having any uh, overt conflict. But I, I, I guess I use it in a general sense of the government folk aren't going to like what we're going to do. And that is what I would suggest is mass non-cooperation and civil disobedience. I don't consider that conflicting, but they might. I consider that living free and making the choice to accept whatever consequences they decide to visit upon you. So the question is, when do you want those consequences, right? Do you want to just sit around, wait, you know, get fat and happy while the, the, the police state is on the rise and while more taxes get piled on and more regulations get piled on to the point where the society that we once knew and loved is completely squeezed out of existence due to uh, these new taxes and regulations? Or do you want to make a stand and act like free people should act and tell these government folk to go take a hike that you've had about enough of it. Of course, the second option takes a lot more courage, but either way, you're going to end up in a situation that is, if you wait, it's going to be an untenable situation that you're going to regret being in if you don't take action. That's right, and you know, history shows it. History shows it. You know, they had it in Germany. They had concentration camps. I mean, they got them here, and if you want to sit back, you know, that's what's going to happen unless you, the people, take action. By the way, I'd like to, uh, to go on the record defending Clear Channel. I understand the frustration that you feel at talk radio, kind of mass market uh, talk radio out there, but there are some really, I would say, trailblazing Clear Channel radio stations that air this radio program, at least five Fantastic. of them out there. So Clear Channel isn't, isn't all bad. I thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They're just a radio operator, right. and they just want to get make money. Clear yeah. Channel has a, a lot of the uh, the trappings of a uh, dangerous corporation. They're the they, biggest. They, they're the biggest, and that's that's something to look for, right? Broadcaster. Uh, broadcaster. Biggest broadcaster. Yeah, the biggest owner of radio stations in the United States, and they might still be. They they've sold some off, but. They run theirs in a very loose sort of manner. All they have is, uh, you know, revenue uh, projections for their stations. They don't give any kind of rules. Both you and I have worked for Clear Channel. I'm not going to say I think it's the greatest That's corporation. That's not true. There are some controls that come down from on high in Clear like Channel. Like what? Uh, I know that recently I've been talking to some of their PDs who are a little frustrated at uh, apparently their market manager types. I don't know if that's the right term, but like regional managers. Uh, are coming down to them, and they're, if you're a news talk station, they're they're being handed uh, brokered shows to play, which is pay-for-play. Okay. So they're, they're coming down. Pay-for-play shows are coming down from on high, and, of course, they are heavily encouraged to use the Premier Radio Network's content, which is a Clear Channel syndicator. I so, can't imagine, um, before you go on, I can't imagine that uh, the Clear Channel talkers in the big cities are required to do these pay-for-play I don't know. I'm just shows. telling it's, you, Mark. What they're probably, those stations aren't hitting whatever marks uh, Clear Channel wanted them to hit, so they're giving them ways to hit those marks. You made the claim that uh, they were given free range, and it's not necessarily true. Okay. So where are you, I'm, I interrupt I'm just saying, you. That's all. I mean, I'm just saying the Clear okay. Channel, by and large, leaves its radio stations alone. For the most part, yeah, they have some. They have a decent amount of autonomy, more than I think most people believe. 
800-259-9231, but they do have budgets, which are yes. something they they absolutely have to deal with. So there's a limit to how many like local hosts that they can put on. and, and Even board ops to be running the station. I mean, if you think that there's somebody at your radio station at midnight, it's unlikely. All right, so uh, we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want, and we will talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? Um, I was wondering, have, have you seen... The uh, the movie Zeitgeist Addendum yet? No, not the addendum. No. Um, it, it really confused me. I, I I really liked the first one that they put out, and the addendum that they put out talks you know it talks bad about the government, talks about why government is not needed and stuff like that. But then they go on and about the middle of the movie and start talking about this resource based economy rather than a monetary-based economy, mm. and uh, a thing called the Venus Project. What's that? And they, the Venus Project is, um, well, I don't really, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it now. It seems a lot like communism to me. So people aren't moving to Venus? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> the I'm, I'm, the mem- I'm a member <laughs> of a, a project, and we all move on. people on Venus as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the addendum, but I've heard about this resource-based economy they propose in there. And it, it sounds like they basically want people to, what, like, live on communes and do away with money and just trade things without a, without any kind of exchange. Well, that's crazy. It's something yeah, like that, right? That's, it's, that's kind of what, you know, it sounded like to me. And, and actually, the reason I'm calling is, because I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. it. It was very confusing because in a lot of ways, these guys are very freedom-oriented, it, it, it seems like. But well, they should have they the freedom to try talking about this resource-based economy, it just threw me for a loop. It's like they spun around 180 degrees. Well, uh, then, well, some people are very freedom-oriented in that they want to be free enough to try their little economic model that they've been fantasizing about. Uh, as long as it's voluntary, then I have no problem with it. It's not going to work very well, in my opinion. Tonight on the way here, Matt, I, uh, I was driving in Keene, and I saw a, uh, a gal with a little anarchy symbol on her bag, and I had let her cross in front of me, and, and I just rolled down my window. I said, are you a real anarchist? And she's like, "Excuse me," and, uh, and so I ended up pulling over. I ended up, ended up pulling over and talking to her, and I asked her, "So, are you a real anarchist?" She says, "I consider myself a social anarchist." And uh, um, hmm, I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> and so yeah. she said, "She she believes in people living in communities, and uh, you know, I'm like an anarcho syndicalist." And she's like, "Yeah," and I said, uh, "You know," and so we talked about it a little bit. And basically, she's a hippie from uh, Burlington, Vermont, who uh, likes the idea of communes. And you know, that uh, an, an anarchist that does not make her. So I, I contended with her. That, uh, that the only real anarchism is capitalism, but we don't have capitalism here today, that this is really corporatism here in the United States, that free people should be, exchange, be able to exchange goods and services freely. And she's like, yeah, capitalism gets a bad rap. So oh, wow, that's the, good. she was a little confused cool. about what anarchy was, but she was very, very nice. Yeah, and it's a, well, Go ahead. The, well, you know, the, the, like I said, the reason, the reason I was just interested in what your guys' take on, on, the, um, on the new zeitgeist the addendum would be. Uh, it's just, I'm still kind of out there. I don't know what to think about it. I really anybody like that says Anybody that says we need to get rid of money 
doesn't really know, in my opinion, what it is they're talking about. They, right. They, they think that money's loony... the bad thing, and somehow they can make it a good world by getting rid of money. And the fact is, if right. you're exchanging goods, um, you know, some kind of uh, resources, well, that's what money is. If money is real, th- um, it would be gold or silver or some other sort of re- sort of resource in a real, um, you know, economy. Instead, we have this this crap they call money that uh, the government says is money. And and yes, I agree with them that we should have a resource based economy, but uh, you know. They would set it up differently than I would. Hey, Matt, thanks for the call. Hope that helps. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Speaking of money, some communities have been printing their own currency in response to the economic situation. We can talk about that coming up. And take your calls about whatever you want. Hour 2, coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want as we launch here in hour number two of the program. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. That's the, again, SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their website. Ours is free, freetalklive.com. So enjoy that. And as far as uh, as far as charging people is concerned for websites, that you can contribute to the Free Talk Live website, and we'll talk about the AMP program here in a little while. But unfortunately, we aren't able to take local currencies for the AMP program. We just don't have any way of doing that uh, because apparently local currencies are starting to pop up around the country uh, in response to the economic situation that people are feeling. They are seeing that the dollar just ain't what it used to be and they're looking at alternative options. But we do take the Liberty Dollar and we take e-gold, right? We will, I don't think e-gold exists anymore. Oh, I thought that uh, it did, but it, like, they like, had to roll over for the government. I center. don't know what e-gold status is. So if, Liberty Dollar, yes. If one of the e-gold folks wants to call in and clear that up. I think foreigners might. Didn't they only shut it down in the U.S.? Or I might be mistaken on I that. I think there's know. a form of e-gold out there, but I'm well, not sure. We'll take whatever we can, but uh, the, the local currencies just aren't going to cut it because they're local and we don't live there. But uh, here's the story from USA Today, which is, I, I would say, somewhat inspiring. Some kind of good news. A small but a growing number of cash-strapped communities are printing their own money. Borrowing from a Depression-era idea, they're aiming to help consumers make ends meet and, strugg- and support struggling local businesses. The systems generally work like this. Businesses and individuals form a network to print currency. Shoppers buy it at a discount, say $0.95 cents for a $1 face value and spend the full value at stores that accept the currency. 
Workers with dwindling wages are paying for groceries, yoga classes, and fuel with Detroit Cheers. Ithaca Hours in New York. Now, those have been around for a long time. These others, I'm not too sure. Uh, plenty in North Carolina or Berkshires in Massachusetts. Ed Collum, may- maybe what's happening is uh, maybe some are being created, but some are coming back. The like, Berkshires were around and the, the Ithaca Hours have been around. So right. those are ones that must be becoming more popular. That's what I'm guessing is going on. Ed Collum from the University of Southern Maine, he's a sociologist who studied local currency, says they encourage people to buy locally. Merchants hurting because customers have cut back on spending benefit as consumers spend the local cash. Jackie Smith of South Bend, Indiana, is uh, working to launch a local currency, says, We wanted to make new options available. It reinforces the message that having more control of the economy in local hands can help you cushion yourself from the blows of the marketplace. About a dozen communities have local currencies, according to Susan Witt, the founder of Berkshires, in the Berkshires region of western Massachusetts, and she expects more to begin doing so. Under the Berkshire system, a buyer goes into one of 12 banks and pays $95 for $100 worth of Berkshires, which can be spent in 370 local businesses. Since its start in 2006, the system, the largest of its kind in the country, has circulated $2.3 million worth of Berkshires, which, that's pretty significant. That's pretty good. Uh, in Detroit, three business owners are printing $4,500 worth of Detroit Cheers, which they're handing out to customers to spend in one of 12 shops. So... That's a little uh, smaller scale there, but it's obviously beneficial to some people enough to the point where mutually agreeable parties, somewhere. right? But parties who are mutually agreeing to use this currency are doing so, and they're not asking anybody's permission to do it. As far as the government is concerned, they're just creating their own currency, and it's not illegal necessarily to do these things. Though it won't prevent them from targeting you should they decide the federal government should they decide they don't like you very much, like they did with the Liberty Dollar, and we're going to be talking more about. The Liberty Dollar uh, in the coming days, but just wanted to throw this out there as an example of some of the things that people are doing in response to this economic situation. I think it's it's very positive, and it really shows some uh, some possibility. I think because in the in the case of the Berkshires, there are banks that are participating in this. Now, I don't know if you can deposit the Berkshires at those banks. That's a question I would like to have answered. But you can purchase them from the banks and so to have a bank doing business in two different uh local denominations or two different denominations one the u.s dollar and the other the berkshire or one of these other Mm -hmm. uh, things shows that even though the banks are pretty regulated by the federal government at least they can step out of those bounds to some extent it's likely not it's likely not bank of america that's doing it's likely Local local banks The shortcoming there is if you can't deposit the berkshire dollars or whatever local currency you're using Essentially, you're just exchanging cash for coupons. Yes. So, I mean, you're not really insulating a, yourself from what happens to the U.S. dollar because presumably if the dollar loses half its value, so will these local currencies because you'll still have to agreed to buy um, them in dollars. Ag- agreed that you, you that's true. It would be uh, too it's too tied to the U.S. dollar to uh, to really insulate you. Couldn't However, they change the the rate? Couldn't they adjust the rate at which you they, they purchase? Could. I don't know how. But at well some that point, would, would that be worth it for the banks or the? It's going to be about as success, successful business. as trying to put the mes- the metric system in on the uh, United States. I mean, you know, we're used to one thing, one language, one well, uh, mm-hmm. you know measurement system, and one type of uh, currency. It, you know, the people in the United States don't travel enough to uh, really, you know, in Europe you might be able to pull something like that off. I don't think that, that would be so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It seems like if you could have a system where you could 
invest with whatever local currency, an actual local currency that you can use for something other than just making consumer purchases, which it sounds like basically is what's going on here. The banks will change dollars into whatever local currency you've got or whoever does the money changing. Mm -hmm. And then you spend it at these local merchants and they hand it back to the banks. And, you know, they're essentially, I'm assuming... It's coupons. Right. I'm assuming that the the the, um, the merchants are essentially taking the 5% hit there, the rates written down, and the merchants take it because it stimulates spending. And It's a 5% yeah. discount on their product. I right. mean, that's, you know, that's all there is right. to it. If you give a 5% discount in order to get more customers through the door and it works, excellent. Right. So it's encouraging people to continue participating in their local economies, which that's a good thing, right? I mean, this is Ithaca Hours is a little weird because it's backed up by an hour of time. It's a little bit different, I guess, the way that that's set up. I'm not too familiar with exactly how that works, but it's been going on for a long time. So to some extent, there's something to be said for it. Uh, A little bit more from the story. During the Depression, local governments, businesses, and individuals issued their own currency known as script to keep commerce flowing when bank closings led to a cash shortage. By law, local money may not resemble federal bills or be promoted as legal tender of the United States, according to the bureaucrats that... (laughs) Oh, here's what the bureaucrat says from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. We print the real thing, she says. (laughs) (laughs) That'll become more laughable. Yeah, that'll become more laughable over time, that statement. The IRS... When it's not the world uh, world reserve currency anymore, lady, are you still going to call it the real thing? Now, listen to this one here. I found it was interesting that they slipped this one in. Uh, they checked with somebody from the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and he says that the IRS gets its share. When someone pays for goods or services with local money, the income to the business is taxable. That's great. It's not a way to avoid income taxes, or we'd all be paying in Detroit dollars. That's correct. How does that work, Mark? How do you, uh, I mean, as somebody who pays federal taxes, how would you deal with something like that? How well, would you... How would you report that information to the IRS? I um, experienced with a bar. I had experience with a barter association, and that barter association, at the end of the year, would report how much you know of stuff I bought. Essentially, yeah, barter so, is taxable. So if someone gives you, say, um, something with a market value of two thousand dollars worth of gold in exchange for some work you do for them, you're still supposed to report that to the IRS as two thousand dollars worth of income or wh- whatever it is. They trade you a five thousand dollar car for. But if you're getting something. Berkshires for working for somebody, but how do you tell the the IRS? Oh, I got these Berk. These are Berkshires. They're not, worth not ninety five cents. You don't have them. You re- you return them to the banks that you do business with. Um, and they then change the FRNs for you so you can deposit them in your account. Right. So the bank can then, uh, you know, report how many Berkshires you made, how much Berkshires are worth, and then... Uh, yeah, but the IRS doesn't take your bank account info, and you don't calculate necessarily... Uh, okay, I'm a little confused here. All the Berkshires you got, likely, would, be, would have been uh, income as a business. Right, but how do you show the IRS that... You're taking Berkshires instead of dollars as far as income is concerned. There's no little Berkshire area. Because it would be 95% of the, the dollar value. So you just have to con- convert it into dollars for them? Is that basically That's what, what you do? That's what it's worth. Okay. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I found it interesting they threw that in there like, Hey, people, you can't get away from the IRS with these do your local bartering, currencies. Um, do your bartering person-to-person is the uh, answer there. Yeah, and don't write it down. Don't report it to anybody. I mean, the last thing you want to do in a down economy is be uh, is pay out some of your hard-earned wealth to these gangsters in uh, the federal government. More on the way. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 
Gold. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Those features include the bulletin board system, trying of female listeners, uh, dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. That's shrine. .freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and even market-based activism, you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So we've been talking generally tonight about, or certainly in the first hour, a lot about how, or just generally about how people are handling these new challenges that they're facing in the economy and from the governments around this country, uh, governments that are laying down more taxes, increased taxes, more regulations, more controls. It's uh, it's frustrating for people. They want to do something about it. And I think the Free State Project could be uh, it could be a, a tension release valve, if you will, in a way for people. I mean, if you're getting really really frustrated with the uh, the amount of new taxes and controls the government's placing on your life then moving to New Hampshire and getting active as part of the Free State Project, if you love liberty, uh, it would, would be a good solution. It's certainly a better solution than cracking and starting to shoot cops. So maybe a little pressure release valve, freestateproject.org. Uh, also talking about some things that uh, other people are doing in the face of this economic situation, local currencies are starting to gain popularity again. Some of them had existed before, and some of them are just now coming into their own. Uh, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, according to USA Today, is reviving the Plenty, which is a defunct local currency originally created in 2002. It's being printed in denominations of $1, $5, $20, and $50, and a local bank will exchange $9 for $10 worth of Plenty. Lyle Estill, the president of Piedmont Biofuels, which accepts the plenty, says we're a wiped out small town in America. This will strengthen the local economy. The nice thing about the plenty is that it can't leave here. So people are doing whatever they can to make ends meet in this particular situation. And I I encourage them to do more of it. I don't know if these local currencies are the best ideas. Uh, I think... Anything that gets away from the U.S. dollar is a step in the step in the right direction. Obviously, seeing a local currency that would be backed by some gold or silver would be an ideal situation. Some sort of well, essentially, that makes it not just a local currency but an alternative. Because right. I mean, not every I won't say that everyone will take gold or silver, but you'll find a decent chunk of people all over the place who will take gold and silver as payment. I know I certainly will. Yeah, me too. And uh, a lot of I think a lot of people would if they were given the opportunity to accept gold and silver. But the the unfortunate part about that is what happened to the Liberty Dollar. And of course, that's a tragedy. I mean, the, the folks over at the Liberty Dollar back in 1998, they came out with an alternative currency that is gold and silver backed. And yes, people have their critiques of it. The Liberty community, they, they have their critiques. And the Liberty some of community them, has critiques of everything. Right, and some of them are, you know, good critiques, no doubt about it. But nobody else has really stepped up it's to compete. It's the best thing running. Right, nobody else has really stepped into the game and given the Liberty Dollar any decent competition. So up until this point, all of the critique is just that. It's just critique. And until you can step forward with your own currency and get into the marketplace and compete 
then you really don't have much to say as far as I'm concerned. Bernard von Nodhaus from the Liberty Dollar has been at it for a long time in the alternative currency game. Again, since 1998, it was last, it was a year and a half ago, or actually November of 2007 now, it seems, it seems so long ago, that they were raided by the federal government. The Liberty Dollar Home Office was raided. The feds stole a few million dollars worth of gold, silver, platinum, some copper as well. And they still have that money. There's a lawsuit that's in play. Hopefully it'll be returned someday, but I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed on that. And I know that you've been actually talking with Bernard von Nothaus recently, Mark, and we're looking at getting him back on the show to give us an update on what's going on, because it's been an interesting time since the raid for the Liberty Dollar. Um, they've been having some troubles internally with the business side of things, but at the same time, they've also been having tremendous success with last month being the biggest month in the history of the right. Liberty Dollar. Well, prob- so. problems, uh, as my uncle used to say, are opportunities to succeed. And it, it would appear as though the Liberty Dollar has managed to do that in spades. Um, you know, they did have their most their highest grossing month last month in, uh, in, in March. Which is right after Glenn Beck, I think, featured them on his national television program. That sure can't hurt, right? Right, plus all of the publicity they got from the raid actually ended up probably uh, boosting people's awareness of what the Liberty Dollar is. Yep. So we're going to talk to uh, Bernard in in the future. I'm not sure how soon, but yeah, I haven't set it up yet future. exactly. But uh, he's agreed. So. We'll get him on. He can tell the whole story. He's great. He's radio gold. He's, oh, he's, he's a great awesome guy. Real uh, real character. And so he, you, you remember what was it uh, when he when he played Captain Shaky Legs or what was it the, the last uh, some pirate Liberty, of some yeah, sort? Yeah, yeah, he had uh, I, I can't remember, but it was uh, it was it was very funny to see him dressed up in a pirate outfit. And that was at the 2008 Liberty Forum. One of them, yeah. And so Bernard von Nothaus is the, he's the man as far as alternative currencies are concerned. I mean, there's nobody else out there really that's given the U.S. government a run for its money. These little local currencies are cute and all, but they're fundamentally based on the U.S. dollar, and they can't leave the area. Whereas a local, whereas an alternative currency that is based on gold and silver, uh, like the Liberty dollar, can go anywhere and it can be used by anybody. And so I hope that we start to see more of that. I think that this local stuff is great, but I think we the next step needs to be taken, and somebody needs to get out there and start competing in the alternative currency market. Somebody maybe set up a, a more decentralized distribution system or storage system to where the, the federal government is not as much of a threat. Like if they raid one office, then you still have other offices or something like that. Because if you're going to get into the alternative currency game at this point, you need to be getting into it expecting to be raided as far as I'm concerned. Because the feds do not like the competition. And they are willing to use force and to hurt people and to destroy people's lives in order to stop these alternative currencies. Well, that's really all they have. I mean, the alternatives, if you're backing them in gold or silver or something of value, they're really far superior to the U.S. dollar when you're actually looking at what kind of a product is provided. So the only thing the government really has going for it is the fact that it can raid people who start up alternative currencies and mm-hmm. pass laws saying that you have to take U.S. dollars. And that's a legal tender act. That's really all they have going for them. The, the legal tender thing is a real problem. You know, it's really something that people are going to, at some point, hopefully people will make a stand on, uh, like, just stop accepting this, this 
I guess ideally what would happen would be you could introduce an alternative currency and then stores could start accepting one or the other. And then eventually somebody should take the step of just refusing to do – once they've got enough business in the alternative currency, just refusing to do business in the, the U.S. dollar, especially if you're in a, especially if you're in a situation like a hyperinflation uh, situation, saying That's sorry. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, sorry, not going to do this anymore. You know, I, I, I believe in alternative currencies. I'm not going to stop uh, you know, believe, you know, stop doing business in FR. No, as long as you're not bleeding out too much. I mean, we're all bleeding some extent of the value of our uh, Federal Reserve notes. Whenever they print more, the value goes down. So we're all being leached at some to some extent. But once you get up to the upper levels of inflation, it'll become absolutely untenable to participate in in that particular currency. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of uncertain as to when exactly we're going to see consumer prices inflate. I believe it's going to happen and happen significantly. But it could take a couple of years. I mean, just because they print new money doesn't mean it cycles down to the individual level all that fast. Well, didn't Lou Rockwell point out that there's also deflation going on because of the loans that are being cashed in, basically? Yes, he was pointing that out and how banks are just basically stockpiling it, not loaning out the money that's being printed. So who knows what the balance of all of this is going to end up turning out to be. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we are giving them to you, because that's the way a good talk show website should be. Enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system, the archives, uh, archives going back for an entire year, all completely free for you, the front page of freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we'll take your calls about whatever you want if you make them, 800-259-9231. Otherwise, Mark, you have a story about a blogger who's been arrested, and I don't know much more than that, but it sounds kind of frightening. Yep. So what's happening? This is uh, from, I've got it on carlosmiller.com, Phoenix Police Raid Home of Blogger, whose writing is highly critical of them. In what should a... Uh, in what should send a frightening chill down the spine of every blogger, writer, journalist, and First Amendment advocate in the United States, Phoenix police raided the home of a blogger who's been highly critical of the department. Mm. Jeff Pataki, who uh, runs Bad Phoenix Cops. Oh, boy. I, I assume that's badphoenixcops.com. It just says Bad Phoenix Cops. Could just be the name of the blog. Yep. Said the officers confiscated three computers... Routers, modems, hard drives, memory cards, and everything necessary to continue blogging. Wow. The 41-year-old software engineer said they confiscated numerous personal files and documents relating to the pending lawsuit he has against the department alleging harassment, which he says makes it obvious the raid was an act of retaliation. So you got a you got a suit against the uh, um, the mafia. They they knock off the witness. You got a suit against the police department. They come in. They take all your uh, evidence. My goodness. Maricopa County Judge Gary... Maricopa County. Oh, okay. Oh That's about that all you need to hear. Yeah. Right. Maricopa County run by Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, one of the most corrupt scumbag police officers in the country. And I feel safe saying that because I live here in New Hampshire. I feel like I might be out of his reach. 
Uh, but this man is dangerous. This man is insane. This is the guy that set up the tent cities uh, where he's just been putting so many people into jail because of, you know, nonsense charges like drug possession and stuff like that and not letting anybody out. He's just expanding the jail to tents down there in Arizona. He's he's targeted, been known for targeting his opponents in the past. He has targeted uh, newspaper writers in the past for being critical of him. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with this guy. This is this dude is bad news. I'm not surprised at all to hear that it's Maricopa County. Maricopa County Judge Gary Donahoe signed the search warrant that allowed at least 10 cops to raid his home in North Phoenix on March the 12th while handcuffing his female roommate for 3 hours as they Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine being handcuffed for 3 hours in your apartment? That's awful. What the hell is that about? I mean the warrant does what? It doesn't give They're you not the right. looking for somebody with guns, right? They're they don't have the right for... to, det- you know, detain uh, somebody. Who, what? Apparently they do. Apparently they can do whatever they want. They the power to do what they want. Yeah. No one will tell them otherwise. That's for sure. Pataki, who was out of town on a business trip during the raid, also believes police were retaliating. That's the blogger. That's correct. Okay. We're telling it. Great job, cops. By the way, I mean, what a real uh, wonderful investigation job they did there. They just decided to grab a warrant, sign it, and then go on the raid. They didn't even bother to check and see if the guy was there. Yeah. I mean, how rushed can you get? They also believe that uh, he, he believed they uh, was out, on, out of town on a business trip and believes that the police were retaliating against him for the content of his blog, much of it which uh, comes from inside sources within the department. Mm. They broke into my safe and took the backups of my backups. Now, get this. Do you wow. understand why they would want to do this now? Do you understand the motivation? Because, because there was a lawsuit, right? Well, no. Because they want to find the rat? That's right. There's uh. informants... In the Maricopa County, and they're uh, pissed. right, in the Phoenix Police Department, that want to seed the department, you know, do the clean right up, thing, clean up, yeah. And so they, you know, they they give some information to this guy in hopes that, uh, you know, the shining the light of day on uh, this corrupt police department will mm-hmm. help. And what do they do? They use the law in a, in a very illegal fashion. They get one of their, you know, they are the law, the straw men judges yeah. up there, and they go so that they can find these cops and they're going to harass them out of the department. This is the reason. Wow. That's scary. Right. So it's not about the blogger. It's about cops trying to do the right thing and getting run out of bad departments. Being absolutely all all the time. time. And this is why cops who would like to see the right thing done usually don't do anything because they're scared to death of what might happen to them or their families, their professional career if they were to stand up against the corruption that is is just endemic in police departments. In many of them, that's for sure. Um, let's see. If the con- let's see. They. I mean, you let men have power and watch and see how many of those departments will be corrupt. You'll this, be surprised. The search warrant lists petty theft and computer tampering with the intent to harass as probable causes. So blogging is computer tampering with the intent to harass. Well, whatever it is, it, it is it worthy of a search warrant? Petty theft. Hmm. I mean, when was the last time you saw a search warrant issued for petty theft? What were they alleging he stole? It doesn't say. Hmm. He has um, he has yet to see an actual affidavit that lists in detail the probable causes and is skeptical that one even exists. Mm-hmm. They say everything has we'll been, make that up later has been sealed. Yeah, the of conflict course. between Pataki and the Phoenix Police Department. It doesn't matter. It, it like it doesn't matter if they um, even get burned on this. They've managed to get the rats out of their system. So what if a few cops get you know like one or two cops that uh, put in for this and the the judge gets scolded a little bit? It, I'm I'm sure that they'll give the judge a nice uh, you know nice job elsewhere. You know this is how these things work. Mm-hmm. 
these cops, don't worry, they'll get they'll get jobs in the uh, city and their 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 pensions will be fine. Oh, they're completely insulated. So they they make a couple of semi sacri you know t- tiny little sacrifices in order to find these rats in the police department. As far as they're concerned, they're rats to me. They're heroes mm-hmm. they, to find these heroes in the police department that are ratting them out, and then they can get rid of them. Which they will, yeah. and then these other people that, if they have to actually sacrifice something, will be given, uh, you know, sweet cushy uh, city jobs elsewhere. Yep, sounds about right. Yep. Let's so see. they came in, they handcuffed his roommate, they stole his computers, all his backups, cracked into his safe, stole the backups of the backups. Now they won't. Say, now they won't tell him anything because everything's been sealed. sealed. Right. So they they're saying that uh, well we've got all this it's legit but you can't see anything. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's where it lies right well, now. I mean, I, has I he been arrested? You, no. I can tell you backstory on it. I mean, they've got more there, but uh, so you can go in and raid someplace without even arresting anybody. Huh? You can, I mean, even though they, presumably they know where he is, they know he came home later, right? I mean, obviously the news, uh, whoever's doing the story, talked to the guy. So you can raid a place but not arrest anybody, just like out in California where the feds raid the marijuana facilities. And they never arrest people. In this case, you can just cops can just come in here to the Free Talk Live studios, take all of our stuff, and not arrest anybody. They could do that, right? Yeah, they're just gathering evidence. Yeah. Oh, so the, the charges will come later. Is that the idea? I so, guess. so they steal well, they'll computers. they'll never come. That's possible. I mean, right? they've got the information that they need. Right. They I mean, can just say, well, we didn't find what we needed. So they we could just, just copy the, the information. As, um, you know, it, it, it couldn't take them long, right, to just copy down a hard drive, right? And return it to, to the guy. If they, if they felt like doing yeah. such a thing, then likely they'll harass him some more because they seem to enjoy doing that. Because they don't like him because he's a threat to them. He's a threat to so their legitimacy. They'll make it as difficult as possible. But what they could do is they could return it and... They they've got the information they want now. Right. So they didn't arrest the blogger. He's secondary. They just raided the blogger's home. He's secondary, and and you know he's a nice little prize to be able to uh, harass him. But really, what they want are the rats. Wow. Heroes. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Can you match that one? What are the cops doing in your town? It's kind of it kinds of uh, rings a bell for me at least because I know that the cops here in Keene, uh, the prosecutor here in Keene, uh, tried to come after me and may still yet try to come after me for blogging. Uh, basically cited my blog as uh, supporting criminal activity or something like that, freekeen.com, and is trying to get me thrown into a jail cell on a violation of a suspended sentence because I blogged about somebody who, uh, Andrew Carroll, who was going to possess marijuana. Didn't they take him off of the prosecutor's job, though? I had heard some rumblings. I've heard that, that, yeah. The city's gone to using a lawyer because I I think... I think the city and King kind of recognized that he had crossed a bit of a line. Was because the law he was trying to apply really didn't fit, and I don't think that they wanted to have him getting into lawsuit situations. You think that was what this was about? You I, think it was? I think I think some people in the city knew that if they knew that liberty activism was going to keep going on in Keene. And that if they they continued to prosecute in the style that they were, which is a cop were, prosecutor, right, they were but they were going to get sued or they have charges pressed against them and they are they could have lost so right because cities that makes don't sense. like getting sued right that makes sense because usually when the cop prosecutor is prosecuting he's up against somebody who is not going to fight back right he's up against somebody with a marijuana possession or something minor that they're just going to pay and they're going to make it go away whereas they realize that the liberty activists were going to start making stands and you're saying that they might not be able to hold up against them yeah, he's so, not a lawyer. Yep, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. We give them to you, including the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. So, pretty scary story, uh, Mark, that you just shared with us about this blogger in the in Arizona being not yet arrested, but having his home raided, having his computer equipment confiscated, all because he was critical of the police department and he had some information, possibly had some information on some inside uh, some inside rats within the police department, which I'm normally against the uh, behavior of snitching, but when it comes to snitching on people that are hurting others, I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, and in the case of these cops that are, uh, that are essentially outing their co-workers as corrupt scumbags, I am in complete favor of what those folks do, and it's outrageous what kind of behavior we're seeing in response to uh, to this. But this is typical, right? The gang is protecting its power. Those who are in uh, in those positions of power will do whatever it takes to uh, to restrict people to knowing what it is that they're doing and how they're abusing people and how they're abusing power. And it it doesn't matter, apparently, to them what the, even the rules say. It doesn't matter. They'll do whatever they want. And then if you get caught up in it, if it's your house that got raided and your family that was broken apart and your stuff that was stolen, then you just have to figure out how to deal with that. You'll have to grab a lawyer. You'll have to go and uh, bring charges against these people. Or you'll have to fight and you know spend thousands of dollars to try to retain or to, to recover your, your equipment and try to retain your your good name against these people because when the police make a move against somebody they're automatically painted as the bad guy in many cases when the police go against you you'll be made out to look like a bad guy even if you didn't do anything wrong and this guy did not do anything wrong by talking about the corruption within the, uh, the police department right writing on a blog is not harassment but you can expect to see more of this stuff happening yep. as uh, as the corruption spreads and more people are able to communicate it because today, because of the Internet, we can communicate these things more effectively than uh, than we could in the past. I know that Bile from blogabile.com has talked about how the police are monitoring his website. They've got a, a – essentially they have a search that runs on Google – for their name of their police department, that way they can see whenever somebody is talking about their police department on the internet. Mm. Similarly, we do the same thing with Free Talk Live. If you know somebody mentions Free Talk Live on one of their blogs, we'll get an alert, say, "Hey, check this out. These people are talking about you." But in our case, it's just to, you know to see who's talking about us. We're not going to go and commit a, a raid on you because you're talking even negatively about Free Talk Live. But if you're talking negatively about the police on the internet, there's a good chance they're going to find out about it and target you for something. Now maybe the local where you are aren't as brazen to where they're going to come in and raid your, your residence over your blog posts. But what if you're a business owner who happens to be a blogger at the same time? Maybe all of a sudden, uh, you know, health inspectors are, will start showing up and finding violations. Maybe all, all manner of uh, problems will start popping up with bureaucracy. They issue a, b- a bolo for your uh, license plate bolo? number. Uh, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Okay. Um, and, uh, you, you know, just be on the lookout for this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they have this, uh, this level of, uh, you know, be on the lookout for this guy. He... He needs uh, some checking out now and then. Sure. 
Yeah, they've got that stuff. So if you are in a police department, you want to share some of the unsavory activities that you might have uh, experienced going on around you, please dial in. You don't have to give your real name or location. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Otherwise, we continue talking about some unintended consequences. And then, Mark, you've got a list of some safety laws that they just don't do what they set out to do. They just don't work. Uh, but let's talk a little more about unintended consequences, this time in regards to the world of copyright. And this was inevitable. This story was inevitable. In fact, I'm, I'd be surprised if it hadn't happened already. It just might be the first time I've heard about it. The story is from TechDirt.com. A whole bunch of people have been submitting the story all weekend about how designer John Engel has been accused of copyright infringement for his own designs. So he made something, and now somebody else is claiming it's theirs and going after him for it. Uh, copyrights don't work the same way as uh, patents. You could, you and I could both write an original work that is exactly the same, yeah. and that would be okay under copyright law. Well, uh, it's not stopping this uh, lawsuit from what going What you would ahead. have to do is cont- you would have to prove somehow that, it, at the very least, I had access to uh, stealing your original work. The site is down uh, at the moment, but basically the story is that a stock art site is claiming it owns the copyright on 65 logos that this guy created for his clients. And the stock art website is demanding he pay $275 for each one, which is actually somewhat cheap. It's actually somewhat low, considering what they could demand for them. He's not sure how the images ended up on the stock art website, but it looks like someone just took the images of logos from a showcase site, removed the text, and uploaded the icons themselves. He explained this to the company, but instead of an embarrassed apology on their part, he says, when I refused to pay the bill, they decided to hire a law firm specializing in copyright infringement. Their attorney called and offered a settlement of $18,000. Now, how is that any different than the bill? I refuse to pay them for the work that I created. That's the epitome of ridiculous. The attorney didn't like my response. He threatened to sue. I say, bring it on, and I have no doubt that I can win in court. So what did the lawyers do? Well, they started going after all of Engel's clients, telling them that their images are infringing upon their copyright. That is, the client's images that he designed for them are infringing upon the copyright that the stock art website is claiming. They might have really gone out on a limb there. They might uh, they might have done the like the one thing that you can get yourself in trouble for as far as libel and slander in this country, because those are very hard uh, charges to prove, but... They might have really, really screwed up. They told his clients that Engel is being investigated for copyright infringement, so essentially smearing this man. Yep. Nothing has ca- nothing has happened in these cases yet, but they're just talking trash about him to his clients. Says a new tactic I discovered this morning is so much harder to fight. They're calling or emailing every one of my clients they can find, saying I'm investigating for uh, being investigated for copyright infringement, and the logo I designed for them may have been stolen from their client. After discovering my ban from Design Outpost, I began contacting clients to see exactly who they've been in touch with. So far, I've heard back from three. In every case, so far, my client is furious with me. They took the lawyer's warning at face value without bothering to contact me. I understand their reaction to an extent. I'm sure they're worried that they may be sued as well for using stolen artwork. And the best thing they can do is distance themselves from me. Well, what... um understood what likely the, the lawyers are re- the lawyers are representing what sounds like a big company he's working for himself is mm-hmm. what, what is it what's his name 
I don't know. Okay. Um, so he's running uh, Dan Bartlett's... Uh, John know, Ingalls. John Ingalls' uh, creative agency. You know, it's John Ingalls running it, and he takes out the garbage and draws mm-hmm. the pictures. Sure. You know, uh, so you've got what a big company... It looks like a big company and a little guy. It makes a heck of a lot more sense the little guy would steal from the big company than vice versa. Likely the big company isn't a big company at all, just happened to hire a lawyer. But yeah. they are they are pursuing some really dirty tactics and could be in very, very big trouble. I hope they have deep, deep pockets. The company, you mean? Yes. Hope so, but that doesn't mean that this man's business isn't being destroyed in the meantime. Thus, and, the deep pockets. Uh, he says, I feel like this is nothing more than an underhanded campaign meant to demoralize me and destroy my reputation. If you read through their website, you can see they work on contingency. This means they don't get paid if their client doesn't get paid. I've also made it very clear there's no way in hell I'll ever pay up. I'll declare bankruptcy and go to work for McDonald's before that happens. Good man. Are they thinking they can beat me into submission? Do they think I'll agree to a settlement to make it all go away? Guess again. I have the truth on my side, and I'll never pay a rip-off artist or their extortionist lawyers. Now, even though you might be right, Mark, that this man may come out on top in the long run, that he may have the law on his side, I don't know about all that. I'm not an expert, not an attorney. Can't really say for sure. But even if that's all true, that doesn't mean that this is in any way something that should have happened. No. And this is something that has happened because of the litigious society that we live in, because of the existence of copyright law, because of all of the laws that we have that make it so easy to target somebody that you don't like with a lawsuit, whether it's about copyright or whatever it is, to target them with a lawsuit and essentially just pull them out of whatever it was that they were doing and have them refocus their life on defending themselves against your absurd accusations. And this is something that happens a, a lot to a lot of people, and not everybody comes out on top after it's, it's all said and done. And so these copyright laws and all of these other insane laws that the governments have passed have given these lawyers so much power over people's lives that they can just come in with their demands and call all your clients and destroy your reputation with threats of lawsuits and really just, uh, just take a crap right all over somebody's life. And it's the government system that empowers them to do it in the first place. That's where the problem lies. The problem that's why the, the clients are so scared is because, you know, there's, they don't want the, to get the legal system is, uh, you know, involved. Right. The problem doesn't lie with this scummy law firm that's going after this guy. That They are a problem. But the ultimate root of the issue is the fact that the government empowers these lawyers to do these things in the first place. Hour 3 is coming up. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So, lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Otherwise, talk about things we want to discuss. Mark, you had a list of five safety laws that just, well, aren't cutting it. Yeah, um, this is from cracked.com. And uh, it, it, it's a great little article. It's not entirely liberty-oriented, liberty but they do look at the facts that, uh, in fact, most of these uh, safety laws just don't work. All right. <laughs> Unintended consequences, perhaps, or just failure? Both. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it starts, really, is it ever possible to be too safe, especially when our children are at stake? Actually, yes, especially when the rule or law intended to make us safe is so poorly thought out that it either does nothing but suck up public money or it creates a ripple effect of unintended side effects. We're talking about things like speed limits. The idea is a major um, is a major cause behind many fatal accidents. So it must be true that mandating lower speed limits will make us all safer, right? Like how um, how after marijuana was made illegal, could you could hardly find anybody smoking the stuff? (laughs) <laughs> well, it was back in 1974 that the federal government passed the National Man- Maximum Speed Limit Law in the United States, slowing America down to a creeping 55 miles per hour. The main reason behind the law was to lower gas consumption, but President Nixon promised it would also make our streets safer as well. How <laughs> Partial- work out? Partially thanks to anti-speed limit activists like uh, Sammy Hagar in 1995, it was repealed, but <laughs> not um, everyone was happy about it. Some states... I can't drive 55, by the way. That's who Sammy Hagar is. Yes. He wrote that song. Uh, some states and many cities still have their highway and speed limits set at uh, one uh, near, uh, set at or near the 1974 lows, and a lot of people support bringing the 74 law back into effect before every man, woman, and child in the ca- country finds themselves living in a horrifying universe of too fast and too furious. <clears throat> Here's the problem. After the national speed limit was repealed, the state of Montana removed all non-urban speed limits in their state. A few, few years later, engineers working with the state decided to venture out to see just what kind of post, a post-apocalyptic death race wasteland their lawless state had <laughs> produced. Well, what they found was that, you guessed it, on the roads where they removed the speed limits, fatalities did not go up at they all. They went down, didn't they? Um, proponents of the national law still argue the traffic f- fatalities nationwide did drop during the national speed limit limits lifetime. Buzz-killing uh, critics of the law point out that, no, no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So why it doesn't work? Because this is the surprised, um, this surprised the hell out of us. People aren't completely retarded. As it turns out, people tend to drive at speeds they feel comfortable driving at. Sure. Yes, there are reckless madmen out there, but they're not going to obey a couple of digits on a road sign anyway, and nope. it just because it just becomes make work project for traffic cops. Which that's one of the reasons yeah. why they did it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, even worse uh, than speed limits are speed bumps. The irritating, jarring bumps that they put in the uh, parking lots and such intend to physically force drivers to slow down and make their CD players skip. Mm. But not, not only do these uh, not prevent accidents, but they do keep ambulances from getting to emergencies. Oh, jeez. Which is exactly the sort of thing you don't want happening when years of bacon sundaes and uh, cookie dough sandwiches finally catch up with you. Wow. That's an interesting point. I never thought of that about speed bumps before. Yeah. The the above link references a study in Boulder, Colorado, that found that speed bumps kill as many as 85 people for every one they save. Holy crap, we Jeez. think <laughs> landmines would have been a better ratio. <laughs> All right. So wow, no, that's great. Yeah, that's funny. Three strikes laws. The idea. 
Psychologists have found that criminals who have committed three felonies are likely to continue committing felonies for the majority of their non-jailed lives. After wiping their feet with the whole make-the-punishment-fit-the-crime thing, they decided to institute a new law based on the theory that, that theory and the rules of baseball. These, these three strike... That was a good joke, Ian. Sorry, I was looking at it my It was funny. Breath. Yes, it was. These three strike laws mandates very long prison terms, up to life, for criminals who have committed, who have committed their third felony, regardless of what that felony was. Surprisingly, the law did not originate from the home of uh, Western-style retard executing uh, justice, uh, Texas. I'm not sure what that it references. They execute retarded people in Texas, yeah. is I think the reference yeah. they're making. Oh, I see. I, I thought it was some judge. Okay. California instituted the first three-strike three, three law in 1994. Mm. The law they was, really cleaned that state up. Yeah. They was much better now. Crime's, crime's almost unheard of. <laughs> law has, uh, the law was very popular at first, and a number of states adopted it shortly thereafter. California's crime rate, which had... Tough peaked, on crime! ...peaked shortly before the law's impl- implementation dipped, dipped significantly in the years after. This was seen as proof of the law's success. Hmm. Here's the problem. Okay. First... Correlation does not equal causation. We have a grand history of ignoring this fact when it is politically expedient to do so. Sure. While California's crime rate did decline, so did the rest of the countries. In fact, violent mm. crime dropped in states without three strikes laws, 4.6 percent uh, more than it. You know, it, it dropped more, 4.6 percent, than in states that had it, 1.7 percent. So why it doesn't work? Three strike. Three strike laws punish petty criminals as often as violent ones. Everybody has in mind when talking about getting tough on crime. Men have been put away for life for shoplifting cookies. Oh, gosh. Video, videotapes. Golf clubs. Essentially equating those crimes with violent assault or attempted murder. As a result, California's prisons and jails have been flooded with hundreds of thousands of new occupants. You know, one of the biggest problems with this mentality, this law and order, punish the, you know, punish the criminal as to the max mentality, which is what the three strikes law is. One, two, three, max, right? You're, you're, you're punished Often to the max. Often it's VOP, too, which is uh, a real max. A VOP counts as a strike, you mean? Yes. Okay. So punish people to the max, right? That's the attitude. Whereas... The the examples you're giving, people shoplifting a, a box of cookies or something like that, I mean, these are petty crimes that could easily be handled in a situation with restitution. Right. If that individual pays restitution to the, uh, the, well, the damaged box, party, then everything's good again. You the don't box need of another cookies. strike. The box of cookies is a violation of probation. It's felony probation, so it's a felony to violate the probation. Wham! He's got a Gosh. strike. That's how it goes. Yeah. So as a result, California's prisons and jails have been flooded with hundreds of thousands of new, new occupants. That, combined with many of their facilities being condemned as unfit to live in, has led to a prison overcrowding crisis. And, you know, I'd like to also add to that uh, clearly, the the threat of going to jail over a box of cookies didn't even stop the guy from stealing the box of cookies. The deterrent apparently didn't work. Right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Gosh, it was almost like we shouldn't rely on sports analogies to build a criminal justice system. <laughs> That's too bad because we have uh, we have a little idea that we'd like to call mixed marsh, mar- martial arts courtroom. I bot- botched it. Mixed martial arts courtroom. Okay, the number three, the Amber Alert. The idea, the Amber Alert, created a response to the highly publicized abduction and murder of a nine-year-old girl, Amber Hagerman. Right, so if somebody else gets abducted, they send out an alert. The radio stations, TV stations in the area pick it up. They rebroadcast it. How could this one be bad? It's a system to uh, put in place to help find lost and abducted children by instantly flooding the highways, radio, and television stations in an area with information about the missing kid. The Amber Alert is based on the logical principle that deep down we all want to be like Batman. An alert is... (laughs) is a chance for any regular Joe to be masked vigilante, rescuing terrified youngsters from prancing sex-starved pedophiles. 
But here's the problem. Like covering up a hole in the wall with a poster, the Amber Alert system made everyone feel better without actually costing the government a dime. All right. How is it that happens? From 2003 to 2006, independent researcher Timothy the Griffin Griffith conducted the first third-party investigation of the Amber Alert system. He found that while state and local governments were claiming huge numbers of children rescued, they're actually full of crap. <laughs> most children were saved by the Amber Alert hadn't been in any danger in the first place. In most cases, they've been taken by legal guardians arguing over uh, custody rights. Okay, so so basically what would happen there is kid would go missing, nobody knew what happened, story went out to the police, they put out the Amber Alert, then all of a sudden the guardian shows up and says, oh, I've, I've got the kid, no problem. And so then they mark it down as, aha, success for the Amber Alert system, right? Yep. Um, the few children who were abducted by psychopaths usually died before the Amber Alert could even go online. Jeez. Here's why it doesn't work. Few things are more dangerously retarded than large groups of people. There's a reason Batman works Mob alone. mentality. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's the stupidest thing on the planet are groups. Mm-hmm. Griffith and uh, others came to the realization that while the Amber Alerts weren't really helpful in saving children, they were great in drowning the surrounding community in a tsunami of irrational fear and paranoia. Mm. The chance of a child being abducted by a stranger is far lower than that of a child, say, dying from drinking the bottle of floor wax that you have in the cabinet because it has pictures of lemons on it. Yeah, it's far more the likely. It just doesn't become media event. It's far more likely that your child will be abducted by somebody you know than a stranger. Absolutely. There's more to this story. There though, is. Right? All right, we'll get to that. 800-259-9231. We'll also take your calls about what you want. Got comments on this or bring up anything. So we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wikiwiki.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. To your phone calls, we'll get back to your list of five things, five safety laws that absolutely did not work. Uh, We'll get back to that, but we continue with your calls first. Jerry in West Virginia, listening to WVTS. Hey, Jerry. Hey, how are you guys doing this Just evening? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you were you were talking about these five safety laws, which are pretty much national laws that most people are familiar with. But I think something that even is more insidious are the local laws that uh, or ordinances that 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 pop up every time someone gets injured. And I'll give you a couple of examples here yes. in West Virginia. We had a local river that was used by generations of people to swim in. It's a very nice area. Um, it's a small falls, and when I say falls, it's maybe three feet, mm-hmm. maybe a three foot drop. Okay. But no one ever, no one ever went up to that area. They mostly swam below it. Sure, it's just um, beautiful to have. You know, it's it's nice to swim near some falls because it's beautiful scenery. Right, and I grew up there. I mean, I, I swam there, you know, hundreds of times growing up, as as uh, most people did that I know. So it's one of those well, local and, features that people just took for granted. Like, hey, right, there right. it is. And so, um, finally, uh, some kid gets killed at the falls here about three years ago. Oh, jeez. And the first thing the county did was 
uh, install, you know, some signs and some fences and says, you can't swim here anymore. Now, the county owns the property on one side of the river. The other side is private property where, you know, people have homes and so forth. So mm-hmm. that basically effectively blocks swimming there from here on out for, you know, hundreds of people that enjoyed it all this time. Because one and, kid was dumb enough to, you know, jump off the falls and land, crack his head yeah, over. Yeah, actually he wasn't on the falls, but that's beside the point. I mean, you know, this was a another knee-jerk reaction. Sure. Kid's mother, you know, goes to the legislature, oh, and gosh. they listen to her sob story, and so she ends it for everyone. Yep. Uh, you uh, know, probably more kids have uh, drowned in West Virginia in their toilets than have drowned at, at these particular falls, but yeah. they decided to outlaw the falls. Mm-hmm. Another example is that we have a, a beautiful small park here uh, uh, right outside our city in, in our sister city, and it had a, um, a waterfall. The waterfall was about six feet uh, in height and about... Uh, Twenty years ago or so, kid, you know, slides off the waterfall, dies, and so what does the city do? They bring dynamite out and blow up the waterfall. Wow. So no one That's can extreme. ever slide off the edge of the waterfall again. Mm. Now, they couldn't get away with that today, I'm sure, but they could at that point. That's amazing. Um, other, and, and other, you know, just examples, we had one of the most beautiful swimming pools in all of the East Coast, actually, it was called Rock Lake Pool, mm-hmm. and it, it was a, um, a rock quarry for many years. And then, when they were finished, you know, taking the rock out, they they simply uh, cemented the bottom and made a beautiful uh, pool, uh, actually the size wow. of a small lake out of it. And uh, so, anyway, the between the lawyers who were waiting for every kid to get hurt at the pool, and the fact that the municipal uh, uh, municipalities opened government pools for half price. Uh, that that shut down one of the most beautiful uh, swimming pools you've ever seen in your life. And it, it's just these things that crop up every time a kid gets hurt. There's either a lawyer or a politician waiting to shut down. Uh, you know, that facility. Yeah, no more fun allowed. Uh, even though, as you pointed out, hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of people had used these facilities safely uh, because somebody had the indiscretion to not be, ca- uh, you know, not be cautious, they are ruining everybody's fun. You can't, you got to have, everything's got to have rounded corners, you got to make everything out of plastic now, warning labels all over everything, and of and course... you have to put rubber underneath all the playground equipment. Yeah. A kid's not allowed to get hurt anymore, and you know, when we grew up, that is what taught us to be careful. And Absolutely. now a kid can't even, uh, is not allowed to get hurt. You put, you put the, uh, the chip rubber underneath the swings and all this. And so when the kid grows up without getting hurt like we did, uh, when he does finally get hurt, it, it, it'll probably kill him. Shock to the system, sure. I mean, up here in New Hampshire, you've talked about this recently, Mark. There's this law that says that uh, if you're crossing the street at certain crosswalks, that everybody's supposed to stop and uh, that the cars are supposed to stop for the people that are the pedestrians. And so kids grow up here in New Hampshire being told, well, don't worry, cars will stop for you if you walk across the, you know, the street. And so kids grow up with this idea that they don't have to look both ways when, I mean, I mean I'm sure some parents know enough to teach their kids correctly, but others are just, oh, you can cross and it's no problem, the cars will stop for you. But they don't it's, always stop. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because I go to Estonia every year. And Estonia, the, the country. Yeah, the country. And the pedestrians there always have the right-of-way. Hmm. Now, they do have pedestrian, you know, crosswalks. 
And when you're driving down any street in Estonia, they can literally step out in front of you anytime they want. And I've come so close to running down these poor Estonians because they have the right of way, and you really have to be careful. And you know that's just kind of crazy in my in my opinion. Absolutely, it's the same. It's the same way here in the town that I live in. And you know, people act like somehow or another the right of way is going to stop this six thousand pound barreling death machine. It's an expectation and of they, safety. They, they look, it, right? It's a, it's just an expectation of safety that's been built in their heads. Whether it's the crossing the streets or the just the, what you're saying with the kids being brought up in this rounded off safety world, they have this expectation that they're going to be safe their whole lives. And as you said, Jerry, when the when the first accident ends up happening it's even more devastating to them because they've been relatively coddled their entire life i happen to apps i think you're you're absolutely uh spot on here tonight and i thought you gave some really great examples do you have any other thoughts for us no that's about it i, you, I like your show very much and uh, keep up the good work thanks for sharing and thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line nick did you experience any of this when you were growing up the mentality of uh, we've got to protect our kids from absolutely anything that can that can hurt them anything you recall or were your parents more sensible and actually taught you to to be careful on your own i no i i pretty much just climbed trees i that's good. Took risks. I I haven't broken a bone yet. I mean, wow. I've, I've taken some falls and stuff like that. I've chipped a tooth. That's Oof. about all I've ever done. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I've had some. That minor, was when I was like 17, though. So. I've had some minor occurrences, but never never broken any bones. How about you, Mark? Broke any uh, bones as a kid? I, I had a black man in prison uh, hit me so hard in the chest it broke my sternum in half. Yow. Wow, that sounds really painful. Did you have to go to the hospital for that? No, I didn't really know what was going on. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, put a cast on your chest? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How long did that take to get better? Uh, a long time. My goodness. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we're going to continue a list of five safety laws that have absolutely not done anything to help. If Not, in, not only have they not helped, but they've actually hurt. And we'll get to that. Uh, unintended. The law of unintended consequences is in full effect tonight here on Free Talk Live. We've been talking a lot about it. And I feel, by, feel bad about my identification of the guy who broke my chest. He was a thug. My best friend's black. Okay. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to chime in here, add into the discussion of this insane safety world that we're living in, uh, please feel free because there are so many examples of this. There's no way we can cover them all. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything. It's 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, if you want more great pro-liberty audio and video content, go no further than freemindstv.com. That's Nick's website, recently redesigned with a snazzy new uh, new logo at the top and everything. Very cool. Uh, so free videos, you get Free Minds TV, which you guys just taped a new episode today. That comes out Fridays. 
Yeah, that when you that'll come those? out Friday. Uh, and then also free audio in the form of the Free Minds Radio podcast, which you can also listen to live on Sunday afternoons on the Free Talk Live live streams, which yep. is extra cool. So Sundays, free, 3 to 5 Eastern. That's correct. Uh, so And that's in the afternoon. So head over to freemindstv.com to enjoy all of that for free. As we continue with your phone calls to Norway, Marius is on the amp line. Hello. Hey, hey Marius. You're on the air. Hey, I thought I'd tell you about one of the most insane uh, protective measures for children I've ever heard of. Okay, please. Uh, that was this winter in Norway. We had some headlines there uh, when a kindergarten required that the children were to wear helmets on their heads while what? playing outside. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, just at, on the playground? Yeah. Wow. Outside in the kindergarten, they were to wear helmet, helmets so they wouldn't hurt themselves. That's so bizarre that it's down. just stupefying. I mean, like, I got nothing to even say to it. I, I you know, <laughs> Norwegian children forced to, Norwegian kindergartners forced to wear helmets at play, recess. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I'm just, you know, I'm just, uh, when you're talking about stupid measures for uh, protection, yeah. then wow. that's the that's the absurd thing you go to. Like, uh, when are you gonna wear uh, make the kids wear helmets? Yeah. Well, uh, in this winter in Norway. Why not go all the way? <laughs> Why not uh, add some knee pads and some elbow pads? And That's you know, a body winter. bubble or something. Um, uh, now, hold on. You can't. Like some, you can't. You can't force airbag. poor people. Before you go on, Marius, but you can't force poor people to buy these expensive helmets. Sure did the school provide these helmets, or did they? Uh, did the parents uh, have to buy them for their kids? Well, I think the parents have to buy them. So they, uh, you can force they them. can make something out of cardboard or something. I don't know. Dear God. Wow, that's an amazing story. And are they still doing it? Is this a, po- a new policy that's permanently in effect? I think they actually dropped it after, oh, after okay. they were on the headlines of the, <laughs> of the newspapers. So they were, so they were embarrassed into uh, to stopping this one. Yeah, l- luckily. Well, that's good wow. to know. Thanks for sharing that story tonight, Marius. I appreciate the call at 800-259. It just goes, goes to show the absurdity. Yep, 9231. If you've got one you want to share, maybe something that uh, another absurd law, that another safety regulation that they put in in your area, please dial in and share it with us because that's madness. I'm just imagining kids running around playing tag while wearing helmets. The scary and- part is he might grow up thinking that's normal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just If you're going to leave the house, kids, make sure you put on your helmets. Even if you're walking down the street, crazy. Uh, so and but but Mark, you're wrong. They can force poor people, uh, poor parents, to purchase school supplies. They do that all the time. They, well, in socialist your, countries, I would I would assume that they would have bought the helmets. And I just wanted to ask. You know, I see. About the Did they? They yeah. didn't apparently. Norway is a bit more right wing than Sweden or something, though. So. So the way it works uh, is typically that your kid will go to school first day. They get they come home with a bunch of lists of supplies that the school classroom is not going to provide but yet they need to have in order to attend the class so they come home with that list of things and parents have to go to the store and shell out significant amount of money to buy their kids these school supplies so apparently the thousands of dollars in property taxes they're paying every single year just isn't enough to uh, to cut it in addition they need to pay a, spend a few hundred extra every year just to buy the supplies for their kids that they need and of course, if the kids don't have the supplies, I suppose there is some some way they can plead and beg and yeah, and, and get on to some kind of assistance program. But most parents are expected to pony up the extra on top of what they're paying for property taxes. 
Let's continue the list of uh, things here. You've got one more, Mark? Uh, no, uh, the five, actually, two more? Uh, we've, we've read three. We're in the middle of the third one. Okay. Where they, these are five safety laws that have... Didn't had, work. Didn't work, had unintended consequences. Go ahead. So this is regarding the Amber Alerts uh, and, and you know, their ineffectiveness. The heightened level of fear might have something to do with the fact that more Amber Alerts were being called in with greater frequency every year and with less cause. Fully half of the alerts in 2004 were issued on children that were in no danger whatsoever. Mm. And 48 of the 233 alerts that were issued for children who hadn't been abducted at all. While Amber Alerts aren't expensive, they tie up virtually every law enforcement resource in the area. Policemen and 9-11 operators that could, could be out saving lives and arresting minorities for driving nice cars are instead diverted into fielding calls and chasing leads on children who often aren't in any danger at all. And while someone, probably in our very uh, comments section, will cry out that e- even if one child's it's life was saved by the system, that it was all worth it. But in the case of every feel-good situation, that doesn't actually solve the problem. You have to ask um, if the time and energy devoted to it could, couldn't be spent in something that actually works. You know, like sex offender registries. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, was that actually the sex offender joke in the article? That's great. Because yep, yep. those are an awful idea. Yeah, correct. Got, got, got and comment. Awesome. Often that, has that should be the number one safety thing that hasn't worked is sex offender registries. I don't know if it's in this. Is it in this article? Sex I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I haven't looked at the second page, and the second oh, okay. page is loading as we speak. Well, so. sex offender registries, in my opinion, are one of the big ones. Because, it's number two. Okay, great. Because in my and I don't know what they're going to say, but in my opinion, the sex offender registries give parents this false sense of security, this idea that, oh, well, uh, George, all we need to do is go online and uh, look up and see who's a sex offender in our neighborhood so we can tell our oh, son. No sex to offenders not, here. To not go, go play, yeah. Johnny. I mean, no, that's not going to keep your kids safe. The sex offender registry only shows you people who've already been busted for sex offenses. It, there's a whole world of perverts out there that uh, you know could potentially do something. Now, I'd like to point out that if somebody's going to do something to your kids, it's not likely going to be the guy down the street unless he's your kid's uncle. Because it's somebody that you know, likely a family member, that's the most likely to offend as far as uh, molesting your kid goes, or abducting, or something like that. It's somebody you know, somebody that knows your kid, not some stranger down the street. So really, it's it shifts people's focus away from what's most important as far as protecting their kids. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Uh, the the idea, uh, in theory, these registries, the sex offender registries, are comprehensive lists of every sex offender in your state, updated regularly with the offender's home location and other pertinent facts to help uh, parents and employers avoid exposing their children to kitty diddlers. Megan's law requires sex offenders to register and update law enforcement every time they change location. The law's namesake was murdered by a pedophile in 1994. But there's a problem. Nobody wants to be the one to stand up for sex offenders, but we do it. You've got, you've <laughs> got to have a pretty darn good cause to make a person face uh, make a person face what is basically a lifelong punishment, served even after their jail term is over. Which sounds fine if you're talking about a serial rapist, murderer, but not when you're talking about something like pe- public urination. Behind fence. You can land yep. on a registry right alongside him. Absolutely. I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Steve, listening to KBYO. In Louisiana, hello, Steve. You're on Free Talk Live. I want I wanted to comment on your thing about overprotecting children. Yes, sir. I got I have an example of the opposite of that. When I lived in South America, I, I spent some time with an Aboriginal tribe of Guarani Indians, mm-hmm. and we were sitting around the fire. You know, they use these big fires for cooking, and um, 
the little kids are playing right near the fire. And I asked one of the mothers, you know, aren't you afraid that the child's going to get burned? And she said, he'll only get burned once. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, because after he gets burned once, he won't do it again. That's he'll true. He'll not to do that. And then, and then later we were over by this cliff, and the little kids are running right along the edge of the cliff. And I asked the mother, I said, aren't you afraid they're going to fall off? She said, no, they're not stupid enough to fall off. And so I was thinking, you know, can you imagine the soccer moms, you know, in America, <laughs> in, in the same situation, they would be completely out of their mind. They'd be right? terrified. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'd be going crazy. And so later on I was talking to one of the tribal elders about this, because it really intrigued me because I was comparing this to, you know, to the soccer mom attitude, and he said, well, if you want to build competency in children, you have to let them live. You, you have, have to, let, to them... let them make mistakes. Right. You have to let them make decisions and be their own boss and make mistakes. And if you do that, you'll have competent adults. And if you don't do that, you won't have competent, competent adults. I think it's yeah. a great observation. I think We've been doing call. this so long in America, now we're electing them as politicians. These uh, same kids that would have uh, died in the fire or fallen off the cliff. <laughs> What an, uh, inter- it's an interesting observation that uh, that people in a tribe, who most folks would look down on and say, well, you're not civilized, those who are in the tribe actually may have a better way of raising kids as opposed to those in this society who are just constantly overprotecting. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We've got enough time to sneak your call in. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about a list of five... Safety laws that just haven't had the intended effects. In fact, they've had the opposite in many cases of their intended effects or just been out-and-out failures, which is typical of government programs. As you look closer into any government program, you'll find that typically they don't meet the goals originally intended for the project and in many cases create the opposite of their original intentions. A great example of that, of course, is the war on drugs. The intention was to eradicate drug use from the United States and all but eradication has occurred. I mean, there's more drug users, more uh, more harder drugs available in the marketplace, and no no sign of any slowing down. So that's one example of the many, the myriad of government programs that have absolutely failed, and these are some more. Mark, you're telling us about the sex offender registries yep. just not working the way they intended. Yeah, it's also known as Megan's Law. And... Um they were suggesting that it might be a good reason um, that studies show that Megan's Law hasn't done a darn thing to stop child molesters. It hasn't affected mm. the statistics one iota. It harasses people for the rest of their lives right. for, for things as innocuous as peeing behind a tree yep. and has had no effect on child molestations. So it has, however, it has served, as lo- along with Amber's, um, the Amber Alerts, to increase the level of fear and paranoia about neighbors that uh, that parents have the fact is the fear sells for the media mm-hmm. and the government benefits from you being scared sure because then they can say we're here to save you yep even that's if the they don't that's what the government sells they right. sell safety but or they the, don't the, actually the provide appearance it. of safety right they don't yeah. provide it they just sell the uh, the sizzle yeah. if you will 
Um, and so here's why it doesn't work. So take a guy who's committed a crime. Now you put him on a registry that may keep him from uh, getting a job or making friends, generally just yeah. totally isolating him from the rest of life and giving him lots of free time. <laughs> Do you think that makes him less likely to commit another crime? Now, how does knowing that a sex offender in your neighborhood help? Unless he's wearing some kind of uh, changing sex offender uh, bell, clang, excuse me, clanging sex offender bell around his <laughs> neck to let you know that your child's um, that your child knows he's approaching, it doesn't protect you from a guy looking to do it again. Then you've got the fact that 95% of sexual assault victims are victimized by somebody they already know anyway. There you have it. So what's the point? Deterrence. As it turns out, someone who is willing to abduct, rape, and murder a child often isn't stopped by the mm-hmm. fact that he'll get put on a registry if he's caught. And that's uh, that's a statement that you can make about a much wider variety of criminal, uh, just in general. The, the whole mentality of let's enforce hardcore, let's crack down on crime, let's I'm, enforce these penalties I, to I'm the not max. Against, I'm, I'm not against really cracking down on people that commit crimes, but I think there should be far fewer crimes. There's no doubt about that, but all of the evidence is showing, uh, from what I've seen over time, and this is more of it, mm-hmm. it shows that it doesn't matter how draconian the penalties become... They don't really stop most, those Most criminals. criminals do not expect to get caught. There you go. They, they, you know, they, that's, it's not entering their mind. I mean, drug, deals, uh, drug dealing is illegal to the point of death in some countries, and Still it doesn't happens. stop it. Yep. it. It, in fact, makes it more dangerous because those who are willing to take those risks to make the profits in the, uh, the black market are the more dangerous of criminals because they understand what the penalties are. So you're getting the, the worst element in the drug dealing business because of that. So again, more unintended consequences. Zero tolerance policies at schools. The idea. Is this number one? This is, this the, is the big one. one. This is the big one. This is the one that doesn't work at all. Um, <laughs> the idea when uh, talking about crime, you may hear some refer to the broken window theory. This goes back to an article in the Atlantic Monthly that made the case that petty crime, Bunch if, not, of nonsense. if not dealt with, would soon mast- um, metastasize into serious ones. Considering a consider Wait, a building, oh, a bro- broken window. I thought it was a broken window fallacy. You're going to tell us. About. Yeah, this is broken windows. Actually, theory. I uh, um, I thought that I thought the same thing you did. So okay. I t- took off Apologies. the S. Consider a building with a few broken windows. If the windows are not repaired, the tendency is for vandals to break a few more windows. Eventually, they will even break into the building. And if it is unoccupied, perhaps some squatter or um, some become squatters or light fires inside. Mm-hmm, sure. Or consider a sidewalk. Some litter accumulates. Soon, more litter, litter accumulates. Eventually, people even start leaving bags of trash and take out restaurants um, there and breaking in, uh, or break into cars. There you have it, folks. One moment, you throw your empty Snickers wrapper on the pavement, and the next, some crackhead is breaking windows and stealing cars. In an effort to save our children, which, by the way, seems to be the motivation of uh, half of the stupid things society does, mm-hmm. in the 1980s, they decided to introduce zero-tolerance policies in school when it came to drugs or weapons. Right. They would... Come down on Including any little, little offense. Yes, a little offense like an um, like it was an act of terrorism. And if this means strip searching a 13 year old girl because she was caught with a couple of Advils, yep. well, They've it's worth it. it to avoid the slippery slope towards chaos. <laughs> Here's the problem: because schools were so chaotic when we were growing up, right? Yeah, as you can see, they should have uh, seen. Uh, as you can see, and as they should have seen five seconds after it was suggested, zero tolerance removes basically all elements of judgment and proportionate yeah. punishment from the process, making it somehow even more retarded version of three strikes. This leads to <laughs> things like a child getting suspended for bringing a keychain the size of an eraser shaped like a toy gun. Mm. You know, you've seen the little t- cap gun uh, sure. uh, uh, revolvers that they have out there. It doesn't do anything about the problem it was created to solve. Nope. Why it doesn't work. The study linked 
above is uh, from the American Psychological Association, who found the policies didn't distinguish between kids behaving badly and ones who are simply confused or showing poor judgment. Yep. You even got everyone uh, gets the same penalty. Yep. Bizarre cases where a kid has been kicked out of school for possession of mydol. Tylenol, Alka-Seltzer, mm. cough drops, and scope mouthwash. If this was wow. an isolated in- incident, I wouldn't have just listed five things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, deterrents don't work if there is no attempt to understand the behaviors they're punishing. Oh, and also, they're supposed to plan to camp, clamp down on all offenses equally, still somehow delivers more serious punishments to minorities. Oh, show. funny how that works out. Yeah. The potential for abuse is huge because if there's a kid you want gone, hell, most people reading this article uh, didn't, go, who, uh, didn't go to school, uh, didn't go three days in high school without violating some interpretation of zero tolerance. Mm. His damn shoelaces could be called deadly weapons. Is this any way to prepare our children for the adult world by making them believe that authority figures often rely on unfair, arbitrary rules, uh, not based on any kind of logic? Or, wait, that actually may be a pretty good way to yeah, prepare them for the adult world. <laughs> you know, brilliant article. It is. And here's the other thing about the uh, Midol, Crack. Uh, Tylenol. Com, by the way, right? Crack. Yeah, cracked. Um, and it's, uh, excuse me, which is, <coughs> it was uh, from Robert, uh, it was his name, at deadbeat.com. So anyway, um, the other thing about the Midol, Tylenol, Alka-Seltzer, cough drops, and scope thing is, is that it, the you vast, need some medicine yeah, I, I yourself. do need some myself, but I can't take cough, cough syrup. <laughs> um, if, don't do drugs, kids. It'll mess you up for your life. If the vast majority of times you uh, you you they, the kids didn't get in trouble for mydol, didn't get in trouble for Tylenol, and then they every once in a while arbitrarily enforce it against somebody because somebody you know had a wild mm-hmm. hair or had a grudge or whatever. And this is the problem with these zero tolerance laws. Let's go to your phone calls, uh, and you can talk about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. So we go to Stephen in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Steven? Hey, guys. Hey. hey. I know I got very low quality on my phone because I kind of live out in the country. So I'll be Sounds brief. fine. Sounds fine. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, I'll thank you for that. Anyways, one of the things was when you're talking about all the rubber mats and all this kind of stuff, where I keep my children away from stuff is I'm going, don't watch TV. And I say, watch where you drive because they'll pull you over for anything these days because they need money. Those are good lessons. So those, those are two things. I think if you keep your kids away from the television, that could do a lot to prevent them from encountering this safety insanity because that's it's publicized all over the place. I mean, commercials are constantly advocate, ad, are advertising their products based on how safe they are for people to use them, and it's just a it's a it's a mentality that is just in, it's all across this society. And unlinking them from the uh, the idiot box, I think, is one of the best things you can do for your kids, and and providing them. How to read? They're like, oh, then I'll leave you with this. You know, I'll let you you talk. In fact, I'll hang up. I'll listen to you on online. I really like you guys a lot. Thank you. My rant, though, that's not with this, is something that came to my attention today. I want to rant so everybody can hear it. Is this word democracy keeps coming up all over the place? And I started thinking about it. And I'm sorry to change the subject. I'll oh no, free. this is free talk live. Um, by all so means, you democracy. Could. What the heck is 51 percent? You lead to 49 percent. Think about that, okay? Okay, and that's okay, because I guess if you got more people, whatever. But the thing is, all one person has to do is give a little bit more money, and once they got that money, they can buy the newspaper, and they can buy the sheriff, and it's mm-hmm. a dictatorship. And hey, I just wanted democracy to is just tyranny of the majority. I mean, that's all it is. It's all it's ever it all yeah. all it ever has been. It's just mob rule. It's two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. And no matter what, what window dressing you put on it, it's still the same. And our republic is, uh, you know, the democratically elected officials. It's 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 a government by the lobbyists for the lobbyists. Hey. 
I wish we had more time, dude. We're out of time. Thank you for the call tonight. Call us back tomorrow night if you got more thoughts. Uh, we have run out of time, as That's we it. always do. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.